Amen. Please be seated. At this time, please take your Bibles with me. We'll turn to the New Testament book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. The portion that was just read a moment ago. Very dear hymn to me. The sands of time are sinking. Thank the Lord for His grace. Love that verse. It says, Oh, I am my beloved's, and my beloved's mine. He brings a poor, vile sinner into his house of wine. I stand upon his merit. I know no other stand. Not even where glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. It's all because of Christ. All because of Christ. He brings a poor, vile sinner. Very fitting him. In fact, tonight I want to speak on the Beatitudes. The sermon of the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 5. And I want to just speak tonight on the very first portion of that. The very first thing that Christ mentions there in verse number 3. The Word of God says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I'm thankful the way that Christ begins this sermon. He begins it in a very particular way, a way of humility, a way of humbleness shows us the way in which Christ desires for us to come. And I believe that the Lord will help us tonight. Let's just go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask Him to help us. We need His help tonight. So let us pray. Father in heaven, O great God, I thank Thee, Lord, for the love that You have for poor sinners. Father, I thank Thee that Thou art a God who cares about those who the world does not care about, Lord. Lord, I thank Thee that Thou art a Father who came not to seek those who were prideful, for those who think that they are much, but Lord, You came for those who are the lowest. Lord, for those who the earth has rejected. For we know that Jesus Himself was despised and rejected of men. And Lord, we thank Thee for that. So tonight we do pray. Lord, we ask Thee, as we look at Thy Word, we ask, please speak to us. Lord, let Thy Spirit be present amongst every person tonight, we ask. We pray this in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Many say that this sermon is Christ's most famous sermon, if you'd like to use those words. The one that was used, or the one that is often quoted many times, and this section of this sermon is known as the Beatitudes, that word Beatitudes simply means the beautiful attitudes. And these are things that must be consistent, attitudes that must be consistent in the life of a believer. If you're here tonight and you know that the Lord Jesus is your Savior, then these things ought to be present in your life. These things ought to be there in your life. In fact, Christ begins this way, but let's not look at the, the way in which this sermon was put. I find it very interesting. In fact, in verse number one, the Bible says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain 
And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. See, this is something that Christ desires for us to know. This is something that Christ desires for us to hear. In fact, the most precious words in the Bible, in fact, every single word ought to be precious to us, but the most precious words to us should be the words that Christ spoke himself. In fact, these are the very words that Christ spoke. They are the sermon that is the greatest sermon you could say that was ever preached. Many have said that the Sermon on the Mount or the Beatitudes are similar to runs on a ladder. They say that they are progressive. As you see, the way that they were spoken, the way that they were given began at the bottom and slowly you see the next one and then the next one and the next one. In order for us to be able to, you might say, achieve these Beatitudes, we must begin at the bottom. And this is very consistent in the way that Christ is because he desires for us to come in a way that is very humble. He begins by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. I find it very interesting as I was studying these Beatitudes that a word that was used in the book that I was looking at was sacred paradoxes. And simply what it means is that they are, these, these sermon has such divinity that it goes beyond man's philosophy. It's got such excellency of the way that it was put that it goes beyond even our own thinking itself. Naturally, we would think that in order for us to inherit the kingdom of heaven, we must be those who are of a great and high stature. It says here in verse number four, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. It says, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. In fact, they are opposites of of what it, what it might be. You see, in the Sermon on the Mount, poverty begets riches. Mourning begets comfort. Meekness begets power. And want begets satisfaction. It says in verse number six, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I find it amazing that the way in which God desires for us to be is completely opposite to what man would think. It's completely opposite to the way that man would think that we would achieve these things. And I love how the word word that is often repeated in this is blessed. Now we must think much of that word. It's not just blessed. It's not just somebody, oh, you've been blessed or you've, you know, you've got much riches or you have a nice car or you have a nice home. You've been blessed. But this is speaking about blessed of God. This isn't just blessed because you have a lot of things, but this is blessed of God. The Lord says that these people who are poor in spirit are blessed of God. It was Thomas Watson who said this, that the tree of blessedness does not grow in an earthly garden. The tree of blessedness doesn't grow in an earthly garden. What he meant by that is that if you really want to be blessed by God, it is not found in the things of this earth. If you really want to be blessed, by God or know what it means to be blessed by God. It is not going to be found in the possessions of this world. It's not going to be found in having a nice car. It's not going to be found in having a lot of money or having a lot of wealth or being somebody who is known by many people. 
It's of God. It's not a physical blessing, but a spiritual blessing. But I want to speak tonight specifically on this very first part of this sermon. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And the question is asked when we read this is, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? What does Christ mean when he said that we must be poor in spirit? What did he mean when it says, blessed are they which are poor in spirit? Many believe that this was the very first sermon that Christ would have publicly preached in this way. So we must be very careful to see the way that he begins. He begins by saying that the the blessed are the poor in spirit. A moment ago I said that these are similar to runs on a ladder. And this is the way that Christ desires for us to begin. The way that Christ desires for anybody to begin is to be poor in spirit. When he begins, he lays the foundation low. But the question is, what does it mean to be poor in spirit? I want to begin by saying what it doesn't mean to be poor in spirit. We mustn't be confused at what Christ is saying here when he says to be poor in spirit. Many could say to be poor in spirit means those who are poor in state or poor in possession. Just because you may not have as much as maybe the person next to you has. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, I don't really own a lot of money. I don't really have anything that is inherited to me. I don't really have anything on this earth. That's not what Christ was referring to when he meant poor in spirit. There are many who live in a a, a state of poverty. And oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes that is because of sin. Oftentimes that is because of their sinful living that has caused them to live in a impoverished way. When Christ says to be poor in spirit, it doesn't mean to be poor in a state. What else does it not mean? To be poor in spirit doesn't mean to be spiritually poor. There are many tonight who are spiritually poor. There are those tonight who do not know the Lord as their Savior, and that means you are spiritually poor. Those who are without grace. In fact, those who are spiritually poor are those who are in a worse state than anybody ever. If you're here tonight and you are spiritually poor, you're in the worst state that you could possibly be in. And that's the fact that you are in a way that you don't even realize that you need the grace of God. When he says to be poor in spirit, he doesn't mean to be spiritually poor. And when also he said to be poor in spirit, it doesn't mean that you're poor spirited. And what does it mean for somebody to be poor spirited? It's the idea of somebody who not necessarily has a a physical need. It's the person who may have all that they need. They have friends, family, they have possessions, they have food, clothes, shelter, whatever it might be. But they're in a way of discouragement, a way of depression, a way of depravity, being poor spirited. There are many Tonight, who live their life day after day, knowing that they have a need, knowing that they're empty and have no idea where to look. And all they look to is inside and they look at how sad and how miserable they are, how difficult life is and how hard things are. That's not what it means to be poor in spirit. So you say, what does Christ mean 
when he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. What does he mean to say that we must be poor in spirit? That word poor is translated, the Greek word is tokus. And literally that word means to be destitute. Not destitute of, of possessions, but it means simply to be empty. But it not just says poor, but it says poor in spirit. For us to be poor in spirit is that you realize that you are destitute of Christ. That you are destitute of a savior. Simply what it means, this, is that you are powerless to accomplish anything without Christ. In fact, these words are also mentioned in John chapter 15. And the word of God says, without me, ye can do nothing. When Christ says, blessed are the poor in spirit, he's referring to those who realize their sense of sin. And who understand that there is no goodness within themselves. And that they need a savior. Those who are poor in spirit are those who are come in a way that is humble. Many people in this world, I was talking about it even earlier today. I had a conversation with somebody and we were talking about how oftentimes in evangelism, when speaking to people who have possessions, who have wealth, who have a nice car and have all these things, often when you talk to them about their need of a savior, they often say, oh, I don't need that. My life is okay the way that it is. I, I don't really have a need for Christ. It sounds nice. It sounds like a good thing, but right now I'm okay. But when Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, he's talking about those who realize they're not okay. He's talking about those who realize their life without Christ is dead. I wonder tonight, do you realize that without Christ, ye are still dead in trespasses and sins. If you are here tonight and you have not put your faith and trust in Christ, if you're not trusting Christ for your salvation, then you are not poor in spirit, but you're poor spirited. You're spiritually poor. That's not what Christ is saying here. I wonder tonight, do you realize that you need the Savior? Not only do you realize you need the Savior, but you realize you need not just Christ, but I need the mercy of God. We find this throughout Scripture. In fact, Luke chapter 18 and verse number 13. You don't have to turn there, but this is a, a familiar uh, passage. The Pharisee and the publican, the prayer of the Pharisee and the publican. We find here something very interesting in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 13. In fact, I'll read verse number 11 so we see the comparison here. The Bible says, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. I wonder tonight, is that the way that your life is? Do you think that of your own self? Do you think, well, I'm not like that person is? Or oh, have you seen how sinful that person is? I thank God I'm not like them. I thank God that I'm not as bad as so-and-so is. Or oh, that person is such a bad Christian. Or such a bad person. I'm not like that. And then look at the comparison. In verse number 13. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven 
but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. What does it mean to be poor in spirit is to recognize and understand that you're a sinner. And to recognize that you need a savior. You see, it's not enough just to recognize that you're a sinner. There are many people who like to preach and to, to preach that you're sinful and you've done so bad. And they like to talk about how bad and wicked and evil we are. But it doesn't stop there. There are so many people who like to preach that and you find that so many Christians are discouraged and depressed because all they can think of is how sinful they are. That's not what I'm saying here. But it's to understand, yes, that I am sinful. Yes, I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We must understand that. We must understand that I am a sinner and He is a Savior. It reminds me of that quote, John Newton. He says, I'm getting old, but two things I remember very clearly. That I am a great sinner and He is a great Savior. You see, that's what Christ desires. But we have to be careful. You might be here tonight and you say, I don't... I don't really, you're not specifically speaking to me tonight because I'm a believer. I'm saved. I've given my life to the Lord and and I'm trusting in him. Remember, it's, it's the rungs on the ladder. We don't just take that one step and then forget about it. And think, okay, I've come poor in spirit. I've realized I'm a sinner and I've accepted the Lord Jesus as my savior. Now, now I'm a, I'm a great person now. Now I've, I'm special. That's not what God is saying, but it's to understand and realize that, yes, I'm a sinner. And yes, I need Christ as much today as I did when I first was saved. I wonder, do you realize that in life? Do you understand that you need Christ as much today as you did when you first knew the Lord? Why? Because the Bible says without him, you can do nothing. You see, the Christian, as they get closer and longer in their their, their Christian life, they begin to realize, I need Christ more than ever I thought I did. You see, I need Jesus more. He's more to me than he ever was before. I wonder, is that something that is present in your life? And it means to be poor in spirit. The Apostle Paul, many would say, well, this man surely... He was one of the, the greatest men. In fact, the one who was probably the closest to Christ. He, he was used of God to pen most of the New Testament. Surely this man, there was an exception here. But even the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9, it says that I may be found in Christ, not having my own righteousness. He knew that it was never of himself that makes him right with God. Oftentimes, as Christians, We often think that I'm saved by the grace of God, but I live the Christian life in my own strength. But that's not what it is. You see, I'm saved by grace and I live the Christian life by the grace of God. The Apostle Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. The question is asked, okay, Christ says that we must be poor in spirit, but why? Why would Christ have it to be this way? Why would Christ say that I must be poor in spirit? The truth is this, until we are poor in spirit, we are not capable of receiving grace. If this cup here that I have was full right to the top, I would have no need of putting any more water in it. And there are many people today who think that there's nothing in their life really that they need. 
You see, if you are not poor in spirit, then you say, I don't need Christ. The Bible says, the Lord Jesus said he came for the sick. He said he didn't come for those that are whole, but he came for those who are in need of a physician. I came for those who are sick. For those who realize there's a need in their life. You see, when Jesus preached, oftentimes those that came to him and were gathered were those who were sick, those who were hurting, those who were broken, those who knew they needed something in life. And they knew that Jesus could help them. You see, when, unless, until we're poor in spirit, we're not capable of receiving grace. The word of God says that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Do you realize that you need Christ? Not only are we not capable of receiving grace, but until we are poor in spirit, Christ isn't really that precious. You see, if you're here tonight and you're a Christian and you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, then He must be precious to you. You see, when you're in great need, something becomes more precious to you. If you're here and you are very thirsty, and you are very, your mouth is very dry and it's very hot and you need something to drink. If I was to give a glass of water to you, that would be very, very precious. But if you are not very thirsty, you say, I just drank some water, I'm okay, I don't really have much need of a drink. I could give you a glass of water, you could say thank you, and you'd probably put it down on the table. I often notice that if you ever visit somebody or somebody comes to your home and uh, they... You offer them a drink or something, you know if they really needed it, is if they put it down on the table first and don't take a sip. But if they take a sip, you know that they needed it. You know that was something that was very precious to them. And the truth is the same. You see, until we realize our need of Christ, Jesus is never really precious as much as he should. You see, when a man is wounded and of great need, how much more precious is a balm or a plaster or a wound, or something to heal that wound. It becomes more precious. The more we realize how sinful and how unworthy and how much we need Christ, the more precious Christ will become. And the question is asked tonight, is Christ precious to you? Is Christ precious to you? It's not enough just to say, well, I, Christ is there when I need him. No, it's if Christ is not there, then I don't know how I'm going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do. If I don't know Christ is with me, I'm going to struggle because Christ is precious to me. Thirdly, why must I be poor in spirit? Because unless we are poor in spirit, we cannot go to heaven. It is not possible because this is the way that God has intended for a sinner to be saved, to be poor in spirit. You see, to be poor in spirit makes us fit for heaven. One of my favorite illustrations of the Lord Jesus is when he brings a little child into the midst of the people. And he says, unless you be like a child, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, that's so beautiful because a child is one who realizes that they need help. A child is one who is independent, not of their self, but they need the help of a parent or they need a help of somebody. They cannot supply their own self. They need somebody to take care of them. Earlier today, I was holding Jamie and Raya's little one. And as I looked at the little child, I realized this child really 
cannot do anything of herself. She needs to be carried all the time. Somebody has to feed the child, to change the child, to take care of it. And the same way we must understand that unless we are poor in spirit, unless we realize and become dependent upon the Lord, we cannot be fit for heaven. You see, it would be very bad if when we get to heaven, you say, well, I got here by myself. I really lived the life all by myself. And when you get to heaven, you say, oh, okay, Jesus is here too. It's not going to be like that. In fact, that's not even going to be a possible situation. Because unless we are poor in spirit, we cannot go to heaven. We cannot, fourthly here, we cannot serve our master. Unless we be poor in spirit, we cannot serve the master as we ought to serve him. You see, those who are not poor in spirit are those who think very highly of themselves. And you ask that person, would you please be able to do this? And they say, well, you see, I... I don't really think that's the job for me. Maybe you could ask somebody who is a little less than me. Be careful not to be that person. When somebody asks of you to do something, you say, well, surely that person who is a little less than me could do it. Well, that person isn't really somebody who is very important. They, they could be the ones who can do it. But you see, if we think too highly of ourselves, then we don't really have a desire to serve the master. I'm reminded of that passage in Matthew chapter 5. Turn with, it, turn with me there. Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 31. And the word of God says, When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goat. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we a hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, listen to this, verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. You see, this is very precious because the one who is poor in spirit doesn't think very highly of themselves. Therefore, they are more apt to help those who may not be seen as very highly in this world. You think of the ones who are not able to repay you back. The ones who are not able to do anything for you. The ones who the earth doesn't care about at all. The Lord says, if you've done it unto them, Unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. See, it takes somebody to be humble to do that. Somebody who is poor in spirit to do that. We see back in our text in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I love that. Because it's not 
they may attain the kingdom of heaven. You see, throughout the, the different religions that we find in this world, there is an uncertainty. Yesterday I was in the city center and I asked the man, I said, do you know that you're going to heaven? And he said, well, I try my best. He said, maybe. I said, I'm trying my best. And I said, well, you can know for sure. You see, the Bible says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because it was never, it was never earned. It's inherited. I love that. The kingdom of heaven, believer tonight, you never earned it, but you inherited it. It was given to you by God. In fact, this morning, pastor preached, and it says, for it is, for is the good pleasure of the Lord to give unto you the kingdom. It's his pleasure to give. Why? Because it's his to give and it was never ours to earn. God desires to give us the kingdom in his good pleasure. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It is promised, my friends. You say, what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is that state of glory, that place where the saved shall enjoy when they reign together with Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ. That's what it means to inherit the kingdom of heart, the kingdom of heaven. That amazes me so much that God would do such a thing like that. That he would look upon this earth and he would see vile sinners. Those who have sinned against him. Those who have rejected him. Those that have hated him. And he would say this, I'm going to send my son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world. And to pay the price for their sin. Not only to forgive them. Not only to allow them entry into heaven. But to say you are now joint heir with my son Jesus Christ. That's amazing. That God would do such a thing for us. So is it too much of him to ask us to be poor in spirit? Is it too much of God to say to be poor in spirit? You see our permanent residence is heaven. We can get so caught up with the things of this world, with our home here on earth. And so many try to build their life here and try to earn a living in a sense here to, to have the best life here now. But I wonder, what are you living for? Are you living for eternity? Are you living for your permanent residence in heaven? Are you living for now? You might say, well, I have a great home and a big home here, but it's nothing like the kingdom of heaven. It's nothing like the mansion that the Lord has promised that we inherit in glory. You see, the poor in spirit are like kings in heaven. You say, what, what do you mean by that? Look with me in Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. The word of God says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. You see, the Lord says unto the believers, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. This isn't a prosperity gospel. You see why? Because we read in scripture also that we will be casting our crowns before the feet of Jesus. Why? Because he is worthy. Because he is worthy. But until we are poor in spirit, 
we won't really think of him to be worthy. If you're here and that offends you, that you would cast the crown before the feet of Jesus, then the truth is tonight you're not really poor in spirit. God desires to give the kingdom. It excels all other kingdoms on this earth. It's the greatest kingdom that is inherited for the poor in spirit. You see that opposite there. To be so poor in spirit on this earth means to be so blessed by God. Not on this earth, but blessed in heaven. You see, when he says blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's not talking about you'll be blessed on earth, but he's talking about you'll be blessed in heaven. So let us rejoice in that. Rejoice in that. I want to close with this in Matthew chapter 25. And a warning that is given. The passage I just read from verse 31. But let's look here in verse number 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand. Depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. You see, if you're here tonight and you say, I don't want to be poor in spirit. I don't see my need of being poor in spirit. If I'm going to get to heaven, I'm going to get there my way. Maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking that way. The Bible says in verse number 42, For I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. You see, there are those tonight who are not poor in spirit. And you say, what would that look like? Those who are willing to go even to the least of the brethren and tell them of Christ and to do something to help them. The ones that nobody else will ever go to. You say, I'm going to go to that person and I'm going to help them because that's what Jesus did for me. You see, in, in fact, if I look at it the other way, I'm the least of the brethren and Jesus came to me. So the least that I could do is go to the least of the brethren and go to them and bring Jesus Christ to them. The Bible says, and these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. I wonder tonight, are we willing to come the way that God intends? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord God, we thank thee for thy word, Lord, that teaches us, Lord, teaches us what we need, Father, we thank thee for thy words that are so precious. And Lord, I pray tonight that you would minister to us in a way, Lord, in that we need. Lord, thou knowest our very hearts. Thou knowest the very things that we need. And I just ask, Lord, please, that you would help us now. Lord, please bless us as we depart from here a little later, we ask. And Lord, please continue to work in our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.